0: Hello beautiful, Kate Harlow here for episode 156. How to keep your heart open when you've been deeply hurt in dating and relationships. This is such an important topic because who hasn't been freaking hurt deeply in dating and relationships? You know, most women carry so much pain from the past and that's really where our guarding comes from. I talk a lot about the saboteur archetypes and the saboteur is protecting that wounded little girl inside, starting with the relationships you had as a little girl. And that's where our wounds were formed with our families, with our friend circles, with the community around us and anyone who influenced us. And so we develop these protective patterns and we walk through the world with our hearts guarded. And then we get into romantic relationships, mostly from a very young age, with our hearts wide open, you know, believing in fairy tale love, believing that we can have our happily ever after, just like we've been taught since we were, what, two years old, and only to find out that it actually doesn't work that way. So, you know, based on the fantasies we have in our mind about what relationships and love are supposed to look like, coupled with our lack of relational skills and, um, and tools that we were not taught as children or as adults. Um, And then stick us out there in the, in the dating and relationship world and we're bound to get hurt. Right. And, and, this is, you know, what's really happening on a, on a deeper level is human beings are walking around so hurt because they've, we've all been hurt and then hurt people, hurt people. We get into romantic relationships and our own protection and our own pain from the past gets filter ends up being filtered, um, through what, how we see our partner. So, so much to cover here. And, um, I feel really excited to dive in with you because this has been such a big practice for me. Um, I, one of my gifts in the world is, is, living life with my heart open, and yet when it comes to romantic relationships and dating, definitely I've had to ongoingly practice keeping it open with men um, because of past experience and because of doing the work that I do in the world with women and hearing the stories that I've heard. So we've all been hurt, and we've all hurt other people, no doubt, every single one of us, and so I'm going to go through four steps today to show to share with you um, a really simple practice for you if you are feeling like you are really stuck in the past or having a very hard time trusting and letting 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 men or women in again whoever you are dating um letting yourself actually open yourself to love because the truth is when you are shut down from letting, letting love in, when you're shut down from really trusting other people and you're walking through the world with your heart, either a little bit closed or a lot closed, the, the biggest downside to this is, or the tragedy in this is you are missing out on a massive part of who you are, you know, think of yourself as a little girl. And for those of you that have children, think of your kids, right? Kids live with their hearts wide open. And then we get disappointed and we get told, you know, who to be and what to think. And we get shut down over and over again. And we close our hearts because we believe, oh, this, it's not safe to have my heart open. It's not safe to be trusting. It's not safe to love freely. And so, um, but once upon a time, going to the very, back to the very beginning of your story, you lived with your heart open. You lived from your heart. You lived from love because that's at the core of all of who we are. Every single one of us is love at the very, very core, even if you really feel really far away from it right now. So I'm hoping that these steps give you um, some practices for you to start really practicing, connecting with your heart again, and let letting yourself have new experiences. So first off, I want you to identify where you are still blaming someone from the past. And you might be blaming all of your exes. You might have one really bad relationship that you're still blaming. You might have many, maybe it's even your mom that you're blaming or your dad or your parents' relationship. But it's really important to see where am I still holding on to resentment and blame for somebody else hurting me. And I say this this word hurting me is really important because when 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 we have hold on to and we carry through our lives the perception that somebody else hurt me, they did something to me. Even if it's true, which of course it's true, but the reality is, in all relational dynamics, no matter how bad it looks on the surface, you play a part, right? If you end up with someone who's really toxic or really, um, you were in a really dysfunctional, painful relationship. And I don't say this to blame you. This isn't about switching the blame from other to self. This is about actually just seeing where you're still holding blame because the reality is, and we'll get to this in the second step, you play a part, right? And in a really dysfunctional relationship, if you were treated really poorly by someone, most likely you have self-sacrificing, people-pleasing tendencies, right? Those are the types of women who end up in relationship with someone really toxic because they are they have a lot of tolerance for... Pain and they have a lot of tolerance for other people's behavior that doesn't actually feel good. And that's one of the saboteur archetypes is a self sacrificer. So, first, identifying where you are blaming because you do play a part. And as long as you're holding on to a story of someone else wronging you, you are going to suffer unnecessarily. And it's also going to create a barrier inside of you from letting in the love that you desire. You cannot let in the love that you desire and deserve and, you know, and love comes in so many forms, but we miss out on it when we're holding on to blame and resentment. And so first let yourself fully express, I would say, write this down in a journal, let yourself fully express who are all the people I'm still blaming for my pain? Because the reality is until you take responsibility for your part, you are trapped You you were literally trapped in an invisible prison, as my friend says in the book, Patriarchy Stress Disorder, where you believe that how you feel is based on uh, how other people are behaving in the outside world. And as long as you're doing that, you're going to be trapped because there's nowhere to go from there. If you can't take accountability for your part and you can't start and, and you can't let go of that story that they're wrong and bad, that they hurt you, that it's their fault that you're blocked from love or that you're shut down. Um, and it, this is not to say that what other people's behavior is, is okay. But when you are no longer in the relationship, you've left the relationship. Sometimes people hold on to blame and resentment 20, 30, 40 years down the road, and it impacts their ability to be happy, to feel love, to receive love, to have intimacy in their lives. So being able to being able to fully own what is yours and stop blaming other people for your pain allows you to create a new experience inside of yourself. Because really in life, yes, we have past traumas, but when you know how to heal and you know how to understand your part, your patterns, well, now it allows you to rewrite your story right all of us get to rewrite our stories you do not have to be a victim of the past but as long as you're holding on to the story of blame you will stay a victim of the past and you won't get to create the life that you love and a life that feels good for you and relationships that feel good for you so first identifying who am i still blaming and like what is the story what it is their fault they did this they did that they hurt me blah 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 this is so so important to get this out and actually like really let yourself go there and i would say let yourself go there and and pr- let yourself feel it fully so blame great, like put on some music. And after you've written about the blame, move the energy of blame. This is a lot, this is, we do a lot of this embodiment practices in my reclamation program, um, where women are reclaiming all of who they are. And in order to move the energy of blame, it's just a feeling, right? It's just energy. And, and, and once we are able to free ourselves of the story that somebody else is responsible for how we feel and for our experience, once we let go of the story, then you can actually just move the emotion, move the anger, move the rage and feel it. And that can be through sound, through dance, through shaking it out, put on music that activates that feeling and let yourself just move the energy because emotion is just energy and motion. It needs to be moved. And once it moves, it changes and it changes into a new form, into something else, right? The reason we get trapped in our emotions is because we get stuck in the story about the feeling, right? If you're holding on to the story that your ex hurt you and they messed you up and now you can't trust anyone, you can't trust men. And and you're never going to love again, and it If you were stuck in a story like that, well, then your feelings are just going to feel insurmountable, and you're going to feel like you're drowning in them. But once you separate the story and you see it, and you see the blame story that's keeping you captive, right? Part of blame comes from this expectation or fantasy of how we think relationships are supposed to go and how long we think they're supposed to be. But the reality is none of us know. And when you sign up for a relationship, you don't know if you both have a you know, really aligned compatibility, similar values. If your lives are going to grow and evolve in the same way, you don't, I mean, don't even most likely know how to communicate and how to have a healthy relationship, but also like, we don't know how long this relationship's here or what purpose it serves. Every relationship serves a purpose but it's not necessarily what you think. And we cannot know until retrospect or hindsight. We cannot know the purpose of this relationship until after, right? When you're in it, you're in it. And most of us have just bought into this story that, oh, okay, this relationship feels good and it's here right now. Therefore, it should be there forever. That's how most of us think when we're in relationships. The reality is the majority of relationships are not going to last forever. So when you, the more you can lean into yourself in the relationship and just being in the experience and trusting that it's going to be what it's going to be, and even if it's a painful, dysfunctional relationship that becomes a catalyst for you saying no more and you walking away and you using your voice for the first time, like that's the gift of that relationship. You know, I think of my relationship with my former partner Jeff. We were together seven years. We did so much together, and when I got out of the that relationship, I could see so clearly that Jeff was in my life to help me launch my business. I helped him launch his, he just got a Michelin star in his restaurant that he opened six months into our relationship. And I helped him a ton with his restaurants and supporting him and cheering him on and giving him emotional support. He helped me a ton with my business in the beginning. And we built, like we really stepped into our purposes together. Right. But if I was trapped in that old paradigm thinking, I would think, no, I'm with Jeff because we're supposed to be together forever and we're going to have kids and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then I would be devastated when it didn't work out. Right. So part of this ex part of the blame comes from our own expectations and fantasy of what we thought the relationship was supposed to be. But you actually cannot know the future of your relationship, even if it's amazing in the beginning. You cannot know the future of your relationship. People grow, people change, things happen, life happens, life rocks us in unexpected ways. And when it does, it's an opportunity to grow. So this is a catalyst and it's an opportunity right now for you to take your relationship. And these steps that I'm walking you through are how to become empowered around your past, as opposed to a victim of your past. So first identify the blame story, get out the blame, get it out fully, go into full on victim mode, right? Go over the top and write this out. You might want to burn it after just to like, let it go and then have a freaking dance party and shout and scream and rage and let that out. And You might have to do this more than once and that's okay, but just like separate the story from the feeling. And then when you get to the feeling, that's when you take radical ownership for your part. So I worked with a client. I mean, this has actually been a story of many clients of mine. I've worked with a lot of divorced women, helping them rewrite their story after they've left a relationship that for whatever reason wasn't aligned. But I think of one client in particular who I absolutely love who was married for uh, 11 years, I believe. And I have her permission to share this story. She was married for 11 years and they had two little kids. And then she found out her husband had cheated on her many, many, many times in their marriage. And so they went through divorce. She was devastated. She was heartbroken. She spent a year Bashing him with her friends, bashing him with her mom. Her friends like fed off of it like vampires. Every time she was around her friends, they'd be like, So what's he, what do you do now? What's he doing now? Cause she's co parenting with him still. So she was in the drama, the soap opera drama of this victim story for a full year. Now, owning being a victim is important at first, but I would say, you know, maybe for a week, (laughs) like going deep into the story and venting it and letting it out, processing it and doing some deeper healing and then taking responsibility. So thankfully a year later, she found me and we started working together. And the first assignment I gave her was to stop telling the story. So this is something that I'll, I'll suggest to you too. Once you let the story out, if you are still talking about that story to anyone, or you're telling it in your head over and over again, practice, stop telling the story. She did this cold Turkey. And when her friends tried to talk about the drama right away, she'd say, thank you for asking, or thank you for caring. Um, I'm actually not talking about him right now. Like that's part of a practice I'm doing. So I'd love to talk about something more meaningful um, to us. And then she'd go into something more meaningful. So that is the practice is stop telling the story, right? First identify what is the blame story, and then stop telling it and let it out and move that energy of that feeling that you're feeling underneath the story, because that's the part that needs to be addressed and tended to. And then number two, is take radical ownership for your part. So if you have have not listened to the saboteur archetypes, there are at least two of these um, episodes about the saboteur archetypes that I teach in my five day masterclass. You could also go to my Instagram in uh, Kate Harlow, or look up the unscripted woman with no E. And you can find the uh, saboteur mini course in there and go through that. I'll also actually link it below this video. So the saboteur mini course where you can identify your saboteur archetype. So. You You can see like, why, how did you attract this person? Right? So that client of mine, once we started working together, she became empowered and was able to let go of the story because she could see how she was fully contributing to this dynamic. She was what I call the controller self-sacrificer hybrid. So the controller archetype is the woman who like does everything. Cause she doesn't feel like anybody else is going to support her fully, or she doesn't feel like anybody else is capable of supporting her. She doesn't trust people. So she does everything herself. So she was doing everything everything for her partner. She was totally like acting like his mother and therefore he became an entitled teenage boy. And you know, probably he was already that when they met, but she didn't see it because she was the controller and the self-sacrificer, probably sprinkled in some fantasy addict as well, right? So she's in fantasy about the relationship, not really paying attention to how she feels and what's really going on, but she was in fantasy about being married and having kids and all of that as most women are. So that's the part that Lines us to what's really happening. This because every woman I've ever worked with who has been cheated on knew on some level that, that was happening or something off, was really off. So the the fantasy addict and the self sacrifice was a part of her who was like, you know, doing everything for him and sacrificing herself and bending over backwards. So so it be basically their relationship. She was the mom, but it was all about him. He got to be a free teenage boy that didn't take any responsibility. And, um, and she made his dinner and she did everything for him. So of course he's going to behave like a teenager and go do something like have many, many affairs, not even caring about impact, you know, maybe some personality disorder in there as well, but regardless of throwing a label at him, like he was, he, he will attract women like that who are fantasy addicts, self-sacrificers, maybe controllers because he is, um, he's the entitled one, right? So that's who he's going to attract. So that's her part. So once, she could see her part. She could see, oh, okay. So if I just stop operating from these protective mechanisms, then I'll experience something different in dating and relationships. And she's dating someone wonderful right now. And she's having a completely different experience because she's dating from the truth of who she is rather than the guarding around her heart, contorting herself, herself. So radical ownership is the second Piece of your pattern. So if you want to click the link below to my saboteur mini course, I invite you to explore what your saboteur archetype is. So you can have more of an idea of what is my part, but I'll tell you the five right now, um, really quickly. So there's the fantasy addict, the self-sacrificer, the isolator. This is the woman who's very shut down from her feelings, vulnerability. She has a hard time talking about herself. She's a great listener, but really has a hard time opening up. And often doesn't even know what she feels, can be numb. And this is the isolator. The controller is the one that I talked about. Woman really powerful and successful, but has a really hard time letting go of control, perfectionism, often. Um, And the shapeshifter and the shapeshifter is shifting into whoever you need me to be so that I'm like, so I'm accepted, so I get the job, so I get the second date. And these are all the ways in which we lose our power when we're dating and in relationships. So, number three. Is cultivate a relationship with your heart, with your own heart. And the first step is knowing what the barriers are, right? All of those saboteur protective mechanisms, if you don't know what barriers are at play, it's really hard to know what's inside your heart. And so cultivating a relationship with your heart looks like lit, learning how to live from your heart. And this might seem totally foreign. This is what all of my work teaches women how to do is how to live from the truth of who they are, which is living from the heart and living from that inner guidance, inner compass. You know, when you're, when you say yes to something, but your body is screaming, no, and you don't know why your body is screaming, no, but it's screaming at you, but you say yes anyways, and you feel horrible after and you beat yourself up because you, you knew not to do this thing or not to go to this place. That is being able to live from the truth of who you are. And that is being able to live from your heart and being able to follow what, what actually sparks your heart and opens your heart. Most of us in relationships are actually, we feel like it's our hearts, but mostly it's like fantasy stories in our minds about who this person is. That's feeding our hearts. That's making our hearts flutter rather than really paying attention to how you're feeling. So learning how to really be in your body, any embodiment practices that get you into your body, dance, movement, non-linear movement is one I'm a big fan of. Um, Michaela Boehm is the is the founder of non-linear movement, which is based on nervous system regulation. It's a it's a type of embodiment practice that regulates the nervous system. But the more you are actually home in your body, doing somatic experiencing, nervous system work to regulate your nervous system, so that you feel comfortable being in your body slowing down tasting your food paying attention to your yeses and no's. like do you when you when you say yes to something is it really a yes Have you sat with yourself long enough to feel your body? And how do you know in your body when something's truly a yes? Start to pay attention to that, right? That's letting your heart lead your life. And when you let your heart lead your life and you start to cultivate that relationship, that's how you build safety inside of yourself so that you're no longer going, oh God, can I trust men? Can I trust women? Can I trust other people? I don't think so. I need to keep my heart protected, right? We do that because we don't trust ourselves. But when you learn to actually listen to that inner compass, which I teach in my reclamation program that just started a couple of weeks ago, if you don't know how to follow that inner compass and you're not following it and you're not letting your heart make your decisions, but you're using your logical mind instead and going against your heart, most likely what you're experiencing on the inside is anxiety or depression, right? Because you're repressing the truth of who you are and you're living from that conditioned self, which is your saboteur. And so- knowing how to get out of your saboteur, get out of your mind, get out of your head and get out of these protective mechanisms and to actually live and, and love from your heart, you will be able to trust yourself no matter where you go. Cause you know what, when you live from your heart truly, and you're living from your own inner compass, you also simultaneously learn how to trust life. There's a divine orchestration to everything. And you'll learn how to actually deeply trust life because you know, when you follow your heart, it's going to be aligned and the universe. Life will support you. And you'll get to see that over and over again. I call this proof of magic with my clients. They're always tracking like where the universe and life is supporting them when they do say yes to their heart. Even if it doesn't feel, even if it feels weird or your mind is like, no, don't go that way. Is like when you learn to trust your heart, then you get to feel safe everywhere you go and you go on dates and you know that something's off and you trust that. Even if the person in front of you is like, a 10 out of 10 on your checklist, burn the fucking checklist because the 10 out of 10 doesn't matter. Someone on paper is not going to satiate you. That's not going to be a fulfilling relationship. So when you learn how to satiate yourself and you learn how to sit and be with your heart and live a life from your heart, now you can trust because you know you'll get the signals in your honor and listen to yourself and you just keep expanding your capacity. So, cultivating a relationship with your heart. Um, And then the fourth one is practice living from this place everywhere you go. I actually have a fun story for this. So I had a friend tell me, a Greek friend of mine tell me the other day, he was like, Kate Harlow, you know, you're a heart opener, right? (laughs) And I was like, what? And he said, you are a heart opener. He said, everywhere you go, people's hearts just open, even if they're closed. And he said that. And I thought, wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of my, my life's purpose in the sense of that's the essence of who I am. And when we live from the heart, the reason i open other people's hearts is simply just because my heart is open. So when I'm sitting down at a coffee shop or I'm talking to a stranger, my heart is open. So we connect right away and they open their hearts, even if they're shut down. So this is a great place to practice rather than putting all the pressure on dating and relationships, practice opening your heart everywhere you go. So doing all the everything, all the other steps are really important, right? And doing the deeper healing and being processing your feelings and moving the energy. So you're actually home in your body. That's important. If you're not present inside of yourself, it's probably not going to feel good to, especially for people who are more isolators. It's not going to feel good to connect with, with other people, but practice, you know, the energy of flirting, like a child would flirt, not in the sense of trying to get something or try, but actually just flirting with the world around you and creating, it's like a ripple effect of, of love that you can create everywhere you go. So I was flying home from London last week. I was visiting a friend of mine or that, no, that was just a couple of days ago. I'm, I'm upside down still. So was, I was—I went to London to visit a girlfriend and it snowed. It was really cold and it snowed while I was there. And the, my flight, it didn't get canceled, but I got to the airport and so many flights were canceled that day. The airport was a sea of people. I got messages from some of you who follow me on Instagram and saw my story. I've never in my life. And I travel a lot. I've never seen an airport like this. You couldn't move and you couldn't even see where the lines were. I stood in the wrong spot for a whole hour only to have some guy from the Ryanair airline company that I was flying with come over and yell at us and tell us we're not in line. And I was like, but how are we supposed to know where the line is? Like, You literally can't see and there's no help anywhere because they were understaffed. So as you can imagine, the airport was absolute chaos. It was crazy. It's Christmas time. It was chaos. And there were people yelling. There was this young girl yelling at people because she'd been there for seven hours and other people were butting in line. And so she was just attacking them and people were getting so mad at the airline and it was just like anger. And I could feel myself start to like, feel my, my nervous system get dysregulated. And I'm also really sensitive. And then my thoughts started kicking off and my saboteur started telling me like, you're going to miss your flight. And if you miss your flight, I'm going to Canada on Friday. And so I was coming back to Athens just for five days. For those of you who don't know, I live in Athens, but I'm from Canada. So I, got back to or I um I was like if I miss my flight probably all the flights will be backed up and it'll be hard to get a flight and my mind just started going nuts and I caught it and I was like nope I hear you but that's that's a no we're not going down that rabbit hole and I got back into my body aka somatic experiencing this is called orienting I felt my feet on the ground I stood a little bit taller. I opened my heart, like actually physically, I noticed my breath. I noticed my body. I felt my body. I, I intentionally relaxed all my muscles. Like I, I just brought my attention out of the environment around me into my own self, Notice sensation. I was feeling noticed any flutters in my chest or tightness, which might be anxiety. And then I went, um, and I, from that point on, I set, set an intention. I said, all right, angels guide me. Let's make this a magical experience instead of getting pulled into this. And I ended up sprinkling fairy dust freaking everywhere. I got, I had, you know, an old man offered to, to guide me to where the proper line was. I walked with him. I made a friend in line. I ended up finding a line that moved really quickly, which was so weird because the side that I was on, like nobody could even move if they wanted to. And then, you know, it was magic, magic. I like, this little girl was having a temper tantrum and I started waving and smiling at her and she was just like lit up like a Christmas tree. And then she stopped crying. And I went and, you know, sprinkled some, some love onto the man at the desk. Cause he was really stressed out and, and just like started spreading the magic. And then I started flowing and then I got on my flight and I made it home. And so like, we can really create our reality and rewrite our story in any moment. Every moment is a choice for you to take responsibility for your reality. And, you know, if you don't have self-awareness, what I might be, what I'm sharing might be like, what, what do you mean? Um, learn how to learn about yourself, learn how to know these parts of yourself so that you can create a life that feels good instead of being constantly a victim to your circumstance. So practicing opening your heart and, and what does that mean? Like actually physically, it means when you're in your body and you're connected to yourself and you connect with another human that you actually are present with them, like a kid would be, and you're curious and you're, and you you know, flirting like a kid, where it's just like, "Hi," you say hi to strangers, or you, you know, you're think of little babies in the line who are just locking eyes with people, and you just check in with people, but not from places like, "Hi, how are you?" But actually, genuinely caring, like, "Wow, I love your eyes. What a beautiful color. So nice to see you." Like, don't lie, but say, like, actually share how you feel and be open with people. And if you're an isolator, this is going to be harder for you. But it's start with people that feel safe, right? If you if it doesn't feel safe start with connecting with eyes and if they if, if they feel safe let yourself connect a little bit longer and let yourself be curious about them and then pay attention to how you feel when you're talking with them so that's a little heart mag- magic for you today. Um, practices and keeping your heart open. Of course, as always, the reality is like getting out of this story of what life should be and is supposed to be and start to create your own experience. Like think about dating and being in relationships from the place of I am the queen, I am the empress. And when I'm in my patterns, I'm becoming like a little princess, a teenage princess contorting myself, controlling life, controlling reality, being a fantasy of what's happening, sacrificing myself, isolating myself. I'm doing all these weird things and I'm not being me to try and get a relationship. Well, that relationship's not going to be go very well, even if you do stay together because you don't feel like yourself. So when you learn how to come home to yourself and how to stand in who you are and have your heart open and be the queen Then everybody in your life, not just romantic relationships, friendships too. They will rise to meet you there. You don't have to come down to them. They will rise to meet you there or they will fall away. And that's the practice. So keeping your heart open, even though you've been hurt, those hurtful experiences, you know, I'm going to add one more step, find the gift in that experience. Even the most painful ones, this is actually a really important step. So step five, find the gift in the relationship? What was the lesson? What did you learn about yourself in that last relationship? Find the gift so that you can rewrite this story. Because if you're holding on to blame, there's nowhere to go from there. So find the gift in that relationship and let yourself move forward with love. Life is made up of many, 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 many experiences, many, many, many relationships. Not one of us knows how many we're going to have. You can think you know, but not one of us knows how many relationships we're going to have from now until the end of our time on planet Earth. And every relationship serves a purpose. <clears throat> So look back on your past relationships, reflect on the purpose, reflect on what you learned, reflect on the gifts and the lessons and get ready to learn some more. There is nothing like when you live from the truth of who you are in your heart, you don't need to protect yourself because you know when things are painful and hurtful and relationships don't go according to quote unquote plan, <clears throat> you, you get to grow you get to learn from them and let go of the plan because life is unexpected and it's always going to be unexpected. So stop stop trying to control the plan and let life take you on the magical ride that it has in store for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share it with your friends as always, a woman that you know in need who's who's having a hard time opening, opening her heart. Um, check out the Saboteur mini course down below that will support you with this as well. And my reclamation course is always available, um, which I do many times a year and you can do it over and over and over again. It's magical where you learn how to reclaim all of these disowned aspects of yourself. So lots of love and we will see you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast.